Hey, this is Dan Bazzani. Uh, welcome to Where Do I Start, uh, a podcast about helping you to understand um, where to start with certain aspects of your healthcare or your family's healthcare. Um, my guest is Linda Salazar. Hello. For episode one. Super excited about that. Um, and uh, we wanted to, uh, well, we had a conversation once, right? Okay. And uh, a friend of mine came to me at church. He was saying that um, he learned that his son was on the spectrum for autism. And I just kind of mentioned it to you in passing. And you had some really cool insights because, um, well, let me have you tell your story about autism. Go ahead. All right. So uh, I have a gorgeous, brilliant, intelligent, funny, wonderful son. Uh, he was diagnosed with autism, high-functioning autism, when he was six. Oh, wow. And thus began our journey. <laughs> Before then, uh, all I knew was kind of what I saw on TV and movies, you know, Rain Man, that sort of thing. Right. Uh, and, yeah, and, right. and that's all I knew about autism. And I didn't think he was autistic because um, I thought it autism meant you couldn't speak. Oh, yeah. And, and so I just had a lot of misconceptions. And once the doctor gave us the diagnosis, I realized, well, I needed to educate myself. Right. So uh, my undergraduate degree is in sociology. So oh, okay. I'm a trained researcher. So awesome. I approach things as, as a, a research project. Yes. So uh, I started, you know, of course, with Google, like everybody does. Because yep. uh, the internet doesn't lie. No. <laughs> But uh, it, I started my, my little journey with finding books, finding yeah. other resources, finding support groups. Right on. And so if you were to go back, mm -hmm. what, what do you think would be the first thing you would say to someone when they say, oh, I think my six-year-old has autism. We just got diagnosed. Mm -hmm. um, how would you, what would be your advice to them? Great. For parents, I would say take a breath before you run mm. out and do a bunch of research and, and, you know, stress out about a bunch of things. Stop, take a breath, acknowledge all the feelings that you're having about it because it it's, in a way, it's a, a good thing and a bad thing when you get the diagnosis. The good thing is you can now avail yourself of services for your child. Right. Uh, the bad thing is there's a little bit of sadness in that the dreams that you had for your child, they're not over, but they're different now. Yeah, they change, right? They're, they're going to have to change. Right. Yeah, the what you kind of envisioned for, for your child, their life won't be exactly that. Well, and it's also scary, right? It is. I mean, there's an emotional component oh, where you're like, so. someone just threw this huge medical term at me. I have no idea what that means. Exactly. And, and autism is not the same for every person. Exactly. Uh, in the autism community, we have a saying, if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. <laughs> I love that. Uh, That's great. The reason it's called a spectrum is because uh, it is a buffet, if you mm. will, of different symptoms as well as uh, things that cope commonly co-present okay. with autism. So kind of similar characteristics. Yes. So um, if you think of it like a buffet, right. I mean, and I'm talking a Vegas buffet. Right. We're not talking a local little buffet. We're talking right. Caesar's Palace right. buffet where there's so many different uh, pieces. And when you go to a buffet, like 
especially a big one like that, every single person that goes through is going to come out with a different plate. Right. Right? Yeah. And that's how autism is. You're each taking person from the with same autism, table. Yeah, oh. they're, they're at the same buffet, but right. each uh, person on the spectrum has their own plate. Right. And they have different... Um, not only the the different issues, but different levels of those issues. Okay. So, okay, so I'm a parent, or my friend's a parent of an okay. autistic child. They've taken their breath. Okay. Okay, and then what, what do you think is the first thing they should move towards? Because I'm guessing that diagnosis is generic, is that right? Well, the diagnosis is based on DSM, the DSM, which is the Diagnostic um, Statistical... Mm, something, something with, with an, an M. M. We'll put it up here somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we'll write yeah. it in. Or we'll, uh, the, we'll find out. Yeah, the, the, the psychologist uses to, you know, actually define what is autism. If you want, you can start there. What is the definition? What is oh. the, the book definition exactly of autism? autism. That might be a, a good place to start. That way you, you have exactly what is it? Right. And okay. you have something in your mind that's not this clinical term that means nothing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So cool. that, that way you start with some clarity there. Right. Uh, then the next thing I would do is I would steer you towards several books. Um, the internet is great, but there's a lot of um, misinformation. There's a lot of conflicting information. So the internet can be a scary place if you've ever had any sort of diagnosis and <laughs> yeah. you go, you start Googling, yeah, you're like, just going to terrify yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just going to terrify yourself. Right. So I would steer you towards uh, several really good books uh, that are written by uh, either people on the spectrum or uh, parents with children on the spectrum so that they can give you, even though it's a, you know, it's just one one case study, right. you can have a little bit of an understanding of their journey. Right. And what am I, what, what do I expect? Yes. Yeah. I think that's huge. When you mentioned, there was that one book you mentioned to me where it was written by an autistic person. The Reason I Jump. The Reason I Jump, man. Yes. I wanted to write that down. And I, I love that book. Yeah, and it. I think when you said to me something about spatial awareness, yes, which I had never heard before, uh, especially about autistic people mm -hmm. um, or uh, autistic children or, or whatever, because I'm around people with special needs a lot. My mm -hmm. family has a lot of special needs um, children in it, but also like adults now that me and my siblings are older. So when I heard that, I was like, what? So explain that to me, because that was, so the book's called The Reason I Jump, uh -huh. um, but what was significant about Well, what that? I loved about the book is he, it's a young man who is on the spectrum, and what he does is just page by page, he explains some of the behaviors, uh, commonly like hand flapping. Um, or the reason I jump. The reason he jumps is because um, a lot of people on the spectrum have uh, sensory integration issues. Mm -hmm. So you think of the five senses, right? The sight and sound and smell and taste and touch. Well, actually, there's seven senses. There's two more. Mm. Uh, and one of them is knowing where your body is in space. Like even if I close my eyes, I can tell you where my hands are and I can touch my nose and do those things. Um, right. oftentimes people on the spectrum can't do that. They can't f tell you where their arms are unless they see it. 
And that's so why they're moving them. That's why they move more. Right. When they're jumping, when they when they hit the ground and, and jump, they feel their whole body the, it the vibrates. It. Right. And that's when they can feel where their hands are, where their arms are, where that's the rest so of their amazing. body is. Yeah. So they're they're not jumping because they're antsy or worried about something. Um, they're they're just trying to feel their body. Right. They're trying to get a normal Man, I kind of want to say like a baseline. I know that's kind of a technical term, but I, just a, a normal starting point for where their body is. Yeah. And that's why he was jumping. Yeah, that, so that when, he, yeah when he made that that's jump, so cool. he could feel where his whole body was. Right. And it's very comforting to him to know, okay, my arms, my hands, my know legs, everywhere, you know, I can feel that everything is where it's supposed to be. Right. And I think mm-hmm. thinking of the opposite of that, imagine how strange you would feel if you couldn't tell where's my arm you know or or where's my my body in in the physical location that i'm at i can't tell where those things are unless i jump that totally makes more sense about why you know a kid in the middle of class will do something and you're just like why did you do that yeah why are you standing up and jumping when i'm trying to slam your hand on the table you know like or whatever it is that happens Mm -hmm. right and so when i heard that i was just like that it just opened my understanding as to All these little weird things I had seen uh, from people on the spectrum, and I was just like, "What is yeah, that about?" You, yeah, yeah, you just don't understand. You just don't it. understand exactly. Yeah, so this book is so great because he goes through just item by item and explains. So Here's amazing. why I do this. Here's why I do that. And not only does he give a, a great description of, you know, here's why I cover my ears. Here's why right. I I flap my hands. Here's why I do this and that. On one page, he does the description. On the other page, he tells you the feelings behind it. Wow. And he's, okay. um, well, I remember one of the pages, he's saying, um, I often play with puzzles. Okay. And he said, when people ask me what I want to do, I mm-hmm. say puzzles. And they give me puzzles, and I sit and I do my puzzles. He goes, really, I want to run and play with the other children, but I know I can't. I, I can't keep up with them. I don't understand, you know, their games. Right. And so I say puzzles, but please invite me to play. Right. Um, and and that's important because, wow. yeah, they're normal kids. Yeah. You know, they're just kids. They just have a, a way of seeing the world that is different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and their experience, and their experience of, the of the world is, world is different. different. Yeah. yeah. I think that was really interesting to me. Um I know it's a very Hollywood movie, but I watched that movie, Temple Grandin, and that was one of the things that I was really impressed by is how they tried to show, like, the world through her eyes was Mm -hmm. totally different. You know, Mm -hmm. she was seeing the mechanical systems when everyone else was just seeing a fence. Mm -hmm. And so I was, when I saw that, I said, you know, that makes a lot more sense to me because if she's not seeing things the way we see them, she's not going to react to them the way we see them. Exactly. And and that was really helpful. You know, I know there's a lot of stuff in there that's weird, but um, mm-hmm. but I thought it was a good movie just on the movie side because I'm a movie nerd. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think that's really helpful to remember. Um, okay, cool. So you've got a good definition, right? You, the parent's taking a breath. They have a good definition. They've read a couple of good books. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the next... Thing that is super important. Absolutely crucial is get support. Oh, okay. Find your tribe. Find other parents that are going through this. Uh, I cannot tell you how much that helps because when you're going through it, you feel alone. 
Right. When you, just simple things, you want to take Christmas pictures. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody else that you know is taking their kids to see Santa and setting right. up beautiful family Christmas pictures. Right. And you're trying to do that, but you take your son to the you know, photographer's right. studio and your son has a full meltdown right. and you have to leave and there's no Christmas pictures. Right. And it's very isolating because you get to see everybody else's family doing these right. things and you're not able to participate. You feel like, why can't we? Yeah. So there, there's this kind of feeling of, you know, my family's a little different. And right. then um, also for little wins, uh, a lot of the children on the spectrum have... Um, fine motor skill delays. Okay. And uh, so the first time your child ties his shoes maybe, you know, several years later mm-hmm. than everybody else does. Well, you know, if my child was neurotypical and they tied their shoes at four years old, I would post that on Facebook. Oh, look, you know, little right. Billy tied his shoes at four. But if my child can't tie his shoes till eight and I post it, it's right. weird. You know, people yes. look at it as, oh, well, he's eight and can't tie his shoes yet. Right. So there, there's not the celebration that there would be of the four-year-old. Okay. Right. You know, everybody would click like and, you know, it would be you. normal. People would go, oh, well, why can't your child, right. you know, tie their shoes till they're eight. So um, in finding uh, a community, you really can celebrate those little tiny milestones with other people who understand it. Right. They understand the time frames. That they understand that that their child is maybe still 10 years old and still trying to tie their shoes. So your child at eight years old tying their shoes is a big deal and they're going to celebrate that with you. And so it, it and on the hard days, um, it's good to vent to somebody who truly understands, who yeah. not just sympathizes with you, but who empathizes, who has been right. there, done that, has the T-shirt, yeah, felt, <laughs> has felt that pain, has, has felt, felt those frustrations, yes. and and you can say to them like, look, I'm struggling here, and I don't yeah. want to freak out on my son or my child or yeah. my other child who's maybe not, not even involved, mm-hmm. right? Exactly, and but I want to make sure I'm able to. Just say, talk me down, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. you know, help me, help yeah, me to process. I've just yeah. been through a 20 minute violent meltdown. There's, right. there's holes in the walls, Wall, right. the glass is broken. There's cuts and scrapes and bruises. Right. You know, I'm at my lowest point, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's so supportive to have other parents who can say, I've been exactly where you've been. Right. And I felt exactly what you're feeling. Right. And I'm here and I'm listening. Right. You know? Yeah. You're not alone. Right. So I would say reach out, find that support, whether it's a physical support group, an online support group, mm-hmm. whatever, find other people who, who can really, really understand what you're going through. Yeah. And I think um, was... Now, I know your son's a little bit older now, um, so that's cool because I think you have, like, this experience. Was it helpful to find, like, social media groups, like Facebook mm-hmm. group or something like that, or yes. organizations? What, how did you, what, for, what for community me, did you find? For me, uh, uh, I found an online group um, because 
Well, when you have a child on the spectrum, it's difficult to take them places. Um, right. You have to go on their schedule and what's comfortable for them. So doing it online, they're, you know that group is available 24-7. There's somebody online <laughs> when right. at 2 in the morning when you're having a rough time. Somebody else is online going, yep, I'm up at 2 in the morning and going through something Same similar thing, or right. something different. But I've been where you've been. Right. And, you know, right. it's just nice to, to have that. Okay, cool. And are there like regional groups? Like, would is there, there like a national groups? Uh, but I I'm sure there are. Right, I, right. I kind of found my group and stopped. Uh, right. But I, I'm sure right. if you if you look, I'm sure there's multiple multiple okay, groups cool. that you can find uh, awesome. parents who are dealing with the the good and the bad of right. having a, a child on the spectrum. So let, let's talk about um, two years in, three years in. Okay. Now, yes. now you're two or three years in, and um, what what would be your advice to that parent? Okay. So school so, is starting, I guess. Yeah. So from so, six, right? Yeah. So, um, goodness, uh, find an advocate um, mm-hmm. in in dealing with the school systems. Some schools are more supportive than others. I was very blessed to um, have my son at a public school mm-hmm. where the principal and the staff were very supportive. Awesome. And they listened, and we had meetings, and we talked, and we came up with solutions mm-hmm. for what would work best uh, for him. Mm-hmm. And whenever I had questions or whatever I or had a concern, I could just email, you know, the special ed teacher, the vice principal, the principal, and say, hey, you know, my son came home, he said this, you know, can we find a, a workaround for it? Can right. we find another way? So he, so your son would come home and express something that made him feel very uncomfortable, or it would be something like... He doesn't really a, express it. You, right. you, 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 kinda, you see the peripheral... Like, <laughs> Fallout, or yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you just have to learn to to kind of read your own child. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, and Which is normal. I yeah, mean, yeah. All parents have to figure out oh, yeah. a little bit of reading their child, but yeah. Yeah, but um, specifically when your child is on the spectrum, oftentimes they they can't verbalize their feelings. Right. What you'll notice is just a difference in their behavior. Right. So a lot of times that would kind of give me an idea okay let me check with the school let me check with this teacher see if anything happened today was there a fire alarm that he was not told about ahead of time what you know what's going on um so if you're at a you know great school that you have great support then fine a lot of schools that is not the case um so there are um child advocates out there you Mm -hmm. can hire them they go with you to the school meetings they know what the laws are they know what questions to ask uh they know what the school does and does not have to provide Um, yeah that's great so having that advocate who already knows all this unless you want to go out and learn all that stuff yourself which you know if 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 you want to then more power to you right um but it's nice to hire a resource somebody who is not as emotionally involved as you are with your child because like any mother anything that hurts my child mama Mama bear mama bear comes out and (laughs) claws and fangs and nobody hurts my baby and uh it's nice to have somebody who (laughs) is a a little more dispassionate (laughs) and can just say okay well so we're agreeing to this we're not agreeing to that and 
uh, can kind of keep keep the meeting moving forward. <laughs> right, and I think that's so huge because I think parenting is so um, it can be so emotional. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and you just right, you just want to protect your children, and oh, it's yes. so hard to dial that back and think rationally, especially when you're, you know, you're the parent and that's your baby. Yeah. Exactly. So that's awesome. That's a great idea. Um, uh, the other thing you can do is look into. Um, Schools are popping up now that are specifically for children with learning differences, so children that are on the spectrum, um, ADHD, dyslexia, you know, anybody that has a learning difference, um, the smaller schools are are popping up to meet that need. Right. Well, and you mentioned something to me that was so, uh, so helpful. Um, I think one of the things that we talked about like I have severe ADHD, um, and I just learned how to work through it, you know, and and that was good. But I remember all the kids who were diagnosed in high school, because I didn't get diagnosed till college. All the kids who were diagnosed in high school, they got put into the remedial class, and it was like that was like this side of um, oh, was it, of Juvie Hall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. people who were in remedial, mm-hmm. generally speaking, were trying to stay out of Juvie. And so you put people with ADHD in that spectrum, in in that that space, and it's a meltdown. Mm -hmm. But you were saying it's even worse with autism. Um, Yes, Um, the the children on on the spectrum are much more likely to get picked on when you put them in the same classroom with the children who don't have learning differences, but who have behavioral issues. who are, you know, always getting in trouble and those sorts of things, you put them in the same room, well, it's lambs to the slaughter. You're you're taking the most vulnerable of the children and putting them with the bullies, with the, you know, most aggressive children. Um, So... And I think it's because the the overall label is behavior disorder. And it's like, well, there's different types. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm... I remember I was disruptive because I just was... I wanted attention and I was angry at everything and that was a whole different thing than I have a you know than I have a learning disorder you know mm-hmm. like my learning disorder didn't even show up until I got into into college mm-hmm. and so like for me my home life was just a little rough and so mm-hmm. I was just angry all the time and it took someone sitting me down and saying what do you get out of being angry yeah. and so if I was in a remedial class it would have been because I was disrupting on purpose trying because of expressing Acting anger mm-hmm. right and i'm trying to figure out how to undermine the whole system mm-hmm. and whereas you take a person who's acting out but it's because i'm on the spectrum mm-hmm. and i can't feel where i am in space so i act out and then you put them in a class with me like whoa that's a mess you know because then i'm like hey i can use this kid he's mm-hmm. gonna get in trouble and it'll disrupt the yeah. class and i get away with it yeah and so that, and, that was really interesting. What yeah, you said. and so many of the the children on the spectrum, their mm-hmm. social skills are impaired. Right. They can't read faces. They can't right. understand, you know, sarcasm right. and joking as well. Some and manipulation. So, they struggle so with, they're yeah. very easily manipulated. Right. They want to have friends, like you said. They're right. they're just like anybody. Everybody wants to have friends. Right. And so you know these bullies come along and get them to do you know all these awful things and. Right. 
the you know the child on the spectrum just thinks, oh, I have a friend, and we're doing fun things. Right, and they're laughing. They, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they don't realize that right. they're being put up to to do these things. So, yeah. um, really, you know, keeping them separate and and you know addressing their their issues rather than just lumping them in with yeah and uh, I, the children that are needing you know different support. Right, exactly, and I think that. You said that also to me, and that was really kind of cool, where you said, you know, it's amazing how, like, the public school system in general is not necessarily trained that this is an issue, you know? like, And that was, when I heard that, I said, wow, that's weird to me, because the spectrum is, like, ramping up. It is. Like, uh, the the numbers are not going down. We, we they they thought, oh, okay, well, we've got better testing now. That's why the numbers are going up. Right. But you know, it, it yeah. should start going down. The numbers of never started of, going down, right? Yeah, they're they're not going down. They're staying. They're either staying, depending on which statistic you look at, they're staying flat, or it's more children are being born yeah. on the spectrum. Um, yeah, teachers don't take a class on how to work with children who have autism. Yeah, uh, principals really... don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, even special education teachers only get so much Spe- education. Uh, yeah, yeah, only get so much education on it. Yeah, and it's amazing. I think I don't. I don't think it's. I think for me, the statistics is the amazing part. So, like, if you look at the statistics, it is it is going up. I, the ones that I've seen, it's yeah. going up dramatically and I think the thing that surprises me it's like well statistically if it's going up as an administrator or at least as a superintendent you should at least understand hey the, this is part of the spectrum uh, mm-hmm. I should I keep using that word spectrum I apologize but this no, is the part of the scope it. of our yeah. work yeah. is to understand what students were getting how we can help them educate mm-hmm. in the best way possible and then move to toward that situation and it's, it seems like this is one of those things Maybe it's just too soon, but it seems to be like falling through the cracks pretty quickly. Yeah, um, I feel like the education system is racing to try to keep up. And of course, they've got limited budget, limited resources, limited people, limited space um, to, to deal with this. And then also to understand that there's no correlation between intelligence Mm-hmm. and autism. So there are right. people on the autism spectrum who are highly intelligent, medium intelligent, low intelligence. Really? There's no there's no correlation. They right. are just as likely to be smart mm. or right. slower learners as an, everyone as else. everyone else. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. So, I always, uh, you always assume like yeah. it's like everyone's Rain always, man. right. Everyone's <laughs> Rain Man, exactly, or everyone's Temple Grandin, you know, like, yeah. and it's like, I guess that's not true. They're just normal kids. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. good to know. Like, I mean, see, and that's the thing that I really struggled with was I just didn't have, you know, you, you I don't know, you look at a piece of paper and sometimes you just see the paper, yeah. but if you turn it, sometimes you see the Mona Lisa. You know what I mean? So, and and it was really that was kind of our conversation when you when you started telling me about like all these little nuances. I was just like, wow, I have no idea what this picture looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking at the edge of the paper, and I just yeah. didn't understand it. So that I really appreciate that. Um, so, is there anything else you want to uh, tell our listeners about it? Go ahead. Yes. the The next thing I would say for parents is to get politically active. Reach out to. Really? Yes, reach out to your political officials. They have been elected to serve you. You need to let them know how to serve you, how to serve you, how to serve your family. You need to um, 
ask them to vote for more money for the schools, right. to vo- vote for um, more special programs, yeah. um, that if not, we're going to lose this whole generation of children who yeah. have so much to contribute, but without the proper support right. uh, when they're growing up, we're going to miss all that. We're going to yeah. miss their incredible perspectives. Right. We're going to miss all their ingenuity. We're going to miss all them being able to work. Right. Um, we're going to miss that if we don't support them as ch- properly as children yeah. and help them to grow so that they can have independent lives. We're going to have a bunch of people that we're going to have to take care of. Well, and not because they can't, right. but because we did not give we them the tools. Them. Right. We did not give them the support yeah. to get to independence. Right, and that, I think that's huge because I think about um, someone's going to train them. You know, if they're in the juvenile delinquent group, they're going to train them to do something. You know, if we don't learn how to train them, and that's the thing I think that is kind of that's that's bad for everyone, you know? And so I think the other thing that's interesting is, you know, I have two siblings that are handicapped, but they're totally functional. But the issue is why? You know, I mean, they have jobs, you know, they're Mm -hmm. cognitive. One of them is very hard cognitive problems. One's very hard physical problems. Um, But uh, actually, my sister is both like physical and, and, and cognitive. But she was able to hold a job. She still has a job. You know, she's 44. She's totally useful to society, you know, and my brother 100% has a family, you know, kids, and I think that we have to remember, why are they like that? Well, it's because they were expected to to get to a point where they could support themselves. Now, autism is different, but I think there are similarities where high-functioning autism is very, very functional, you know, and and some high intelligent, high functioning autism is super necessary. I mean, oh, it yes. is amazing how many people um, will will even say, um, "I didn't know I was on the spectrum," but later in life, mm-hmm. after I'd accomplished these things, people had me tested, and they mm-hmm. said, "Oh yeah, you are totally on the spectrum," and that's why you focus on one thing like crazy, and you got it done. And so I think that's super important because I don't want us to lose those people. Yeah, we're going to miss out on, on right. all this stuff if we right. don't give them 100%. the support. So, yes, uh, look online, uh, find out who your representatives are, and push them, push them, push them. Yeah. Make the noise. Be the squeaky wheel. Right. Let them know that, uh, that, this, that these programs need to be funded. And right. if you're not asking for it, then they don't know they need to vote right. yes to right. uh, to keeping these programs going and right. and such. And there's a lot of nonprofits that are trying to fund programs to do it as well, mm-hmm. correct? Like mm-hmm. in terms of at least training and things like that. Yes, there's uh, a lot of nonprofits. I would get to know those out there. Mm-hmm. Um, find out what services they can provide. Um, look to your local government. Do they have right. services? Um, oftentimes there's waiting lists for things, so don't wait to, right. to get oh, yeah, get on it as soon as possible because, again, resources are limited in some areas. Right. So get your get your child's name on the list so that, you know, when the time comes, your child is available yeah, to those right. services. That's a really good thought. All right, cool. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Uh, I guess one other thing would be just look for your own answers. Uh, Finally, after you've done all those other things, do go look on the Internet Mm -hmm. and look at what other parents are doing. there's there's no magic cure there's no pill there's no nothing that your 
um, doctor is going to give you that's going to fix this. Um, there are drugs that, that can help with the anxiety, that can help with other issues. So again, look for your own answers, make your make the best decision possible for you, for your family, for your child. Uh, but also look at alternative treatments. There are, uh, there's a lot of work being done um, just by parents uh, doing their research and reaching out to each other and saying, hey, has your child tried uh, this oil? Has your right. child tried this alternative therapy? Right. Uh, neurofeedback and, and uh, the CBD oils and, right. you know, just... Um, things that we protocol. wouldn't try first or yeah. even ever yeah. sometimes. A, a yeah. lot of these things I'd never heard of until I went online and found other parents who said, you know, well, we had gains in these areas when right. we tried this, when we tried that. Cool. Uh, so definitely go out, seek your own answers. Yeah, and try to just try to figure it out and know that every child's different. Yeah, what works for one child is right. not necessarily going to work for your child, but you can weigh the, you can find out about it, weigh the pros and cons. Right. Do I want to try this um, with my child or do I not? Do right. I want to just say, eh, I'm, let me keep looking. Right. Because um, different things work for different children. Right, and, and some things you you sometimes you do want to try, but something you're like, well, I don't think we want to try that yet, and that that could be a yeah, and you know, and, and it is right. trial and error. Uh, right. We've definitely tried things that are, oh, swing and a miss, you right. know, exactly. and so we had to stop that. And we've done other things that have really made a significant difference, and I'm so glad I tried it. That's cool. That's good to know. And I know that my son is even more high functioning because, because I did try these things. That's huge. Mm -hmm. That's very huge. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate oh, all your time. And me. yeah, no doubt. And um, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Certainly. All right, cool. Thanks, Linda. God bless you. <laughs> Thanks. All right.